Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. And of course, we set up these props in areas where we know that what we call the global youth culture, the target for Steiger, uh, wherever they hang out, right? Because it's all about us reaching them and pursuing the lost sheep. So we go where they are at, their language, and we, in very, very quick ways, we get to share the love of Jesus with them right there. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor. We've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isburner. Yes, and this podcast... Yes, thank you for acknowledging that. Oh yes, yes, yes you am. are, yes you are. <laughs> and this podcast, if you aren't aware uh, of this yet, is part of the Spark Media Network and it can now be found on the Edify app, so check that out. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool. So today's guest uh, is going to, this is going to be a money-back guarantee. It you is, are going to a money-back guarantee. You are going How to much be are they inspired. Paying? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're spending their time. That's right. And it is going to be... Yeah. So worth it because you're going to be inspired and you're going to be challenged. And I, mm. I, I'm still sort of grappling with certain areas that I'm being challenged in when I, when I think about what my friend is doing. Yes. And as yes. we become friends, uh, I, I haven't even shared this with you. You know, what? well, Lataro and I have met a couple of times mm-hmm. for coffee yeah. just recently yeah. because he's shared more about his ministry and he, he's invited me to join him. So I've I've gone ahead and I've made the decision. I'm going full time. Ministry. I have to raise my support, and I'm going to what? be starting out. What do you I have mean? to go overseas for training for a few wait, months. Wait, wait, wait. So, yeah, a I just, I, I'm sorry I didn't tell you, but I just I felt God calling me to that. You know what? What? You're not telling me the <laughs> but, truth. But can you imagine, though, if that did happen? Um, right? You know, sometimes I wonder about you, though, because sometimes but, you do spring things on, like, yeah, hey, I, know, I wrote I know, a book. I know. But, <laughs> but just <laughs> but back, no, back to Latoro for a minute, because. Uh-huh. God sort of sprung this on him yeah. over a period of time. I can promise you this: when you hear his story, like a few years ago, it would have been the last thing on his mind. Right? Let's let's hear his story. Oh so, by gosh. the way, I'm just kidding. But uh-huh. I'm, maybe I, I'm I need glad to you're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on in, Lataro. Yeah, welcome to the show, and uh, we're so you so were glad happy for a moment. You were you were hoping that was true. <laughs> I, I was hope. Yeah, you were coming with me, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So, uh, who, who is Lataro? We didn't even read his I, no, bio. No, we're going to. That's right. Oh, I'm sorry. I, sh- I guess I should mention just a few things. So we don't, yeah. Do you want to read? I'll read it. Okay. Right, so let me give you his last name too, because I practice pronouncing it, Lataro Sharuvia. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> so he was born in Argentina. He was raised in a good family. And uh, and then he decided to move to the U.S. about 10 years ago. And uh, he's, look at that. Look at I that know. Face. 32 th- years he's old. 32 years old. Man now. bun and all. But here, <laughs> I, I've, I've never read a bio that includes this part of it. <clears throat> I led a sinful life. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. That should, be, that should be in every bio that we read. Right. Led a sinful life, yeah. but met Jesus six years ago, changed his life forever. And then just a few months ago, here's the crazy part. 
He quits a very lucrative 11-year career as a project manager. He's worked with some great companies. And he's doing this in order to give his life to serving Jesus as a full-time missionary with Steiger and Steiger Ministries is just a great, you're going to learn a little bit more about that too, but wow. Yeah. And, and the way you two are actually connected is yeah. you guys um, went to Nepal together yeah. and uh, share the gospel. So yeah. that's where it all got started. Yeah. He dragged me up the mountain. <laughs> I always tell about that trip that there was this 69 year old man that looked 50 that absolutely <laughs> destroyed the mountains with us. And it was so cool to see him there. I'm not sure if it was my pride or my love for Jesus, but I had to, I didn't want to be left behind for you guys. But we, we had an awesome experience. We were called the extreme team. And uh, we were able to go into the, uh, an unreached area of people groups, and we shared the gospel. So we've got so many great stories. And you've and, been there a couple times since. Yeah, I just got back uh, two months ago, my second time around. Oh, second time. Okay. And oh, I, my think, I think we're going to hear, I think God used uh, that experience to continue, continually throw a fuel on the fire. I, I've got a few images in my mind. I actually have some photos of it, too. Of uh, of Latoro off in the distance, uh, sitting on a mountainside, uh, just doing his <laughs> devotions and communing with the Lord, and you know, it's just it was a very special private time. And uh, I got to tell you, as we as we listen to your story, I think people are going to kind of scratch their heads, wondering how can I reignite my passion for Jesus? Mm-hmm. What what's He really calling me to do? So let's start it out. Let's start there. Let's start with. Who are you? And we get the little bio here, and that's important. But but what even led you? I mean, I mean, tell us a little bit about your family, I guess, your family life, and then eventually what got you over here to the states. Well, I always like to start from the beginning. Um, and I and I, what I always say is um, that uh, get ready for uh, vulnerability because I'm a very direct guy. Yeah, that's what uh, we love about you. I, yeah, and I I just love going deep and just sharing about my past. There's no shame or guilt or anything that I carry from that because I've been forgiven. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm originally from Argentina, 32 years old. I'm going to be 33 at the end of this month, uh, which, by the way, is the age that Jesus was when he died, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of cool. <laughs> you know, it's that moment in life Great when age. you realize that you're not young anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the way you think. Um, yeah, so I was born and raised in Argentina. Um, I originally grew up in a very uh, nice family of five, uh, very wealthy at the beginning of kind of the first decade of my life. My parents were fairly wealthy, but then a bunch of uh, financial crises. In, in Argentina, kind of uh, let all all of that disappeared. Um, and my parents are still together; they've been married forty years. Uh, nominal family uh, with the struggles, of course, you know, as as uh, any any married couple. Um, but uh, but overall, I had a fairly good childhood. Um, and you grew and, up Catholic you know, too, right? I did. Yes. Uh, so in Argentina, most of people are, are Catholics. I was baptized when I was six months old. Um, grew up hearing that I was a, a Christian, just like I grew up hearing that my name was Lautaro. Never for a second doubted my Christianity or my faith. I actually wanted to become a uh, priest, um, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, I know we share well, that. Else so you guys have in common, yeah. And I, I wanted to be a priest to get closer to Jesus. I figured that was the way to do it. Yeah. What yeah, about totally. you? I, I was that. Well, I was an altar boy, so you know, yeah. naturally, I'm all about progressing. So I thought, you know, the next step. Next is step. To, <laughs> you want to be promoted. Right. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all about the career path, you know? <laughs> and yeah, so I, uh, I kind of grew up in that environment, it, you know, confession and catechism and, and all these things that the Catholic faith uh, teaches you, uh, usually well-intended. Um, but my faith was never real. Um, you know, looking back on it, uh, I, I definitely know that I, that I wasn't a Christian the way I know Jesus now. 
Um, and, uh, and really one of the main or the kind of key turning points in my life, if you will, was, uh, this is where my story started getting a little rough. Um, when I was about 10 years old, I was involved in a very natural sexual relationship, um, that really, really messed me up. Um, it wasn't a one-time thing. It happened over and over, over like a year span. Uh, and it wasn't an abuse either. Uh, it wasn't that anybody did anything specifically to me. I voluntarily participated in this, but it really wrecked me. You know, as a 10-year-old boy, as you know, the whole body's changing, you can imagine going mm -hmm. through that, what it does to kind of the way you think, uh, the way you think about yourself. Um, so that really wrecked me and, and messed me up for the next 17 years of my life until I was mm. able to break through out of that. It was a, it was, it was a rough time, but I, it's definitely one of those moments in your life where you feel looking back on it, where, uh, there was a reason why that happened. Yeah. Mm. So let's just talk about that for just a moment. We don't have to go into the specifics, but, but there are people or know of people who have experienced, you know, sexual abuse and still haven't even talked about it. It seems like it gets locked up. How, how did you... Did you ever reconcile during those years of what happened? How did you how did you cover over it? How did you ignore it? How did before you met Jesus? What did you do? Yeah, well, before before I met Jesus, I was extremely uh, ashamed um, of of even bringing that into the light. Uh, the only person that I ever mentioned that to was uh, the uh, the lady that would eventually would become my wife. Um, and but I told her the day I told her, I still remember. Um, I told her this happened. I didn't give her any details. But I told her, don't ever ask me any questions about this. Mm. Uh, and before her, um, this sin that I had gone through was the one thing that I told myself that I was never, ever going to tell anybody. It was the one thing that I was going to take to my grave with me mm. because there was so much shame and so much fear about people finding out about what had happened. Um, that, that's the way I dealt with it. I just hit it. Yeah. And real quick, yeah. you had mentioned just and we don't have to go too much into this, but you didn't you didn't say abuse. You said it, Todd. Ah, so so yeah, this was a true. willingness yeah. to partake in this uh, particular uh, experience uh, over the yeah. year, and so there there's you know there's abuse and there's also the stepping up to say yes, I condone this and I'm just doing this. So you had to get through the shame of of um, allowing yourself to be in that space, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thankfully, I've been uh, protected from people doing things to me over time. Yeah. In many ways, I, I would imagine that that shame is very similar uh, in the sense of something bad happened. Mm -hmm. Something that shouldn't sure. have happened, happened. Sure. Um, and, and of course, the enemy will try to steal, kill and destroy as much as he likes. Right. And right. so he, yeah. he'll, he'll use that for sure. And he definitely used it in my life. But, but. what the Bible says is that <laughs> what the enemy intended for evil you know, God grabs that and turns it for good. And That's I right. cannot tell you how many times because I've been able to heal from that experience and to be forgiven. Uh, and as I've shared my story with others, even at my church, I serve in the young adults, countless men um, have come to me and confessed to me mm. for the first time in their lives, what they went through in terms of social, sexual brokenness in their, in their past. That's so, that's so key, Lataro, because it's, it's just um, a reminder that what the enemy wants you to be ashamed of and to keep quiet is the very thing that needs to come to light and to be said yeah. so that it can break the power of that shame and guilt and condemnation and all that, and it can allow a space for others to be healed and to be, uh, have a safe place to be set free too. So that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, our, our hearts just go out mm. to anyone mm. who's still struggling with something they're ashamed yeah. of and they've never told anybody. 
I spoke with a, a, a guy who's, um, I think he's probably in his early 70s, mm-hmm. and he just for the very first time revealed something to mm-hmm. his wife mm-hmm. that had kept hidden and kept him in shame and years. in this little prison. And he feels so free now because he took advantage of the grace that God gives for forgiveness. And Latara, your, your sharing that story can really help others who might be still bound up who need to release it and bring it to Jesus. Yeah. So keep going with your story. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's just step one. <laughs> yeah. And what I will say before we move on to the next part is, if anybody is struggling with this, uh, there is a passage right at the beginning of Second Corinthians 1, where God talks exactly about why he allows bad things to happen. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and essentially what it says is that he allows us to go through trials uh, so that he can comfort us through that, so that in turn, we can comfort others that have gone or will go through that same experience. Yeah. Uh, so Thank don't miss that in, in whatever trial you're going through, you've been through that there's always a purpose. God is not a God of surprises. There's nothing that has happened by accident. It's all planned. Um, and, and there is purpose, even in however tough and heartbreaking your story is, whoever's listening to this, there's always hope because God can turn that and use that to glorify his name. That's so true, Lataro. I mean, the free will uh, portion of that, right? Like we can't control others and what other people do, but God can turn it around for our good and his glory. So that's awesome. So the next step, um, I, you know, through that experience, I really learned uh, to hate myself, um, just to be extremely unhappy. And ultimately what it came down to is just feelings of unworthiness, uh, that I was just not good enough. Right, that there's always something bad about me, um, but naturally I didn't like feeling that way. So I self-medicated with all the things that the world told me that I needed. So early on in life, I started uh, drinking at a very young age, uh, smoking cigarettes. I thankfully not never got into drugs. I was protected from that. Um, so I started medicating uh, with all those things that the world told me. Um, as not everything that I did as a as a teenager and, and a young adult were intrinsically wrong. I also medicated with some good things. Like I became the best at sports, captain of every team that I've ever played in, really good, agile human being. Um, I also became the best student in my school. Every teacher loved me. And, and ultimately what it came down to is I just wanted people to tell me, to give me a little tap on the back and said, Lautaro, you have what it takes. You matter, you value. Because deep inside my heart, I knew that I wasn't feeling that way at all. I, I gotta stop. I get, I'm sorry. I gotta stop you because Hi. that's so because that's so key for us to hear and and practice. Two things. One is um, there there is somebody who does value whether you think so or not, <laughs> and yet there will be times where people come up to you and you're not even sure why you're being affirmed like you are because that's God's way of making certain that you know how valuable you are. But the second thing is how many times do we run into people who need the very thing that that Lataro is talking about needing, and that is, I need to know, am I loved? I'm accepted. Do I have any value? Mm-hmm. So we have an opportunity, even today, that God will bring somebody across our path who needs to have that encouragement, that love, and that support. So thank you, brother. Amen. Sorry, Amen. I, I, I needed to stop there because <laughs> how many times we need you know, to take advantage of those opportunities to give somebody else that love. Yeah. And, and uh, so later on in high school, I kind of kept self-medicating with other things that I thought were going to give me pleasure. Um, and I discovered uh, girls. Uh, so I started sleeping around and, and sure in the moment it seems fun, but you ultimately found how uh, empty all those relationships are. Um, and I kind of continued that lifestyle into college uh, until my third year of college. Um, I met this incredible woman 
uh, from Plymouth, Minnesota. <laughs> That's Amazing. the reason why why I live in Minnesota. Nobody ever moves to Minnesota except chasing a human. <laughs> That's for sure. It's love. <laughs> it's yeah, or stupidity. <laughs> <Either one. laughs> um, but she was an incredible uh, lover of Jesus. Uh, just a, a really, really solid, incredible woman. Um, but you and, met in uh, Argentina, right? We did. Yes. Yes, she was uh, doing an exchange uh, program, uh, like a same student program down in my university. Uh, so we met during her last month there and we started this long distance relationship that went on for years. And, and long story short, eventually we ended up uh, moving to Houston, Texas, uh, where we lived for five years, uh, where we eventually got married and kind of began our, our, uh, our life together, if you will. We were, I think, early 20s at this point, like 23 and 24. And uh, so that, that kind of, you know, and through that, you know, as, as like we were getting married and finding a church, um, all of my kind of spirit, spiritual kind of faith walk, um, it all kind of continued in the same process of what had it had begun, which is it felt more of a um, checking the box. Mm-hmm. Like we find the right church, a wonderful church, mind you, a biblical church that loves Jesus, loves community. Um, we got plugged into a, a Bible study for couples with no kids. And I remember going to this and, you know, I had never read a Bible in my entire life. <laughs> um, and I remember going to these and, you know, somebody would say something like, oh, you know, do you guys know that verse in, you know, first Corinthians, whatever. And everybody would immediately, like, you know, go to exactly where that point in the, in the Bible, uh, that verse was. And I would be staring at this book, not even knowing, like, where do I even begin? Right. <laughs> like the table of contents became my best friend at the time. <laughs> Get, get tabs put in that bible right? yeah well at least you were trying that's the good i part. was trying yeah. yeah yeah and 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 mind you like through this whole experience i still consider myself a christian mm-hmm. um because again i baptized and just six months you know, old you know that's six months old yeah, that's how i grew up <laughs> there's a lot of things that happened there in the kind of our first three years of marriage but another turning point uh in my faith walk is uh so three years into our marriage uh, I had started a new job. They had asked me to go on a very short trip to uh, four hours away to a city, four hours away from Houston. Um, and it was supposed to be a very short trip, go there and then come back the next day. Um, and so I went, worked worked at the company all day. And then some coworkers and I went out for uh, dinner and then drinks after dinner. Um, and unfortunately, I ended up getting extremely uh, wasted. Uh, I drank a lot that night. Um, and I drank so much to the point that I could lost complete control of my body and I just could not control it anymore. Um, and I unfortunately ended up being sexually unfaithful, uh, to my wife that night. And, uh, of course it wasn't planned. It just happened. Um, and, uh, when I woke up the next day, I realized what, what I had done and I just couldn't keep that, uh, secret from her. Um, even though I knew that it was going to destroy her and destroy our marriage, uh, I just, I, I knew that, that, that she needed to know. Uh, so I, uh, started driving back home and I remember still big Texas highways. Um, I'm driving on this fast, the fast lane as going as fast as I can four hours to try to go tell my wife what I, what I had done. Um, and I remember seeing all the semis coming in the opposite direction, uh, one median away from me. And I can't tell you guys how many times I had to stop myself from swerving into those oncoming, uh, traffic, um, and just end it all. You know, I got to the point where I knew what I needed to do, but I knew the pain that it was going to cost as well. And, and I just wanted to be, to be done. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't go through with it. It was probably the, the, just the ultimate in shame and guilt that was just swallowing you up. Terrible. And, and not wanting to hurt, obviously your wife and and share that kind of Mm. news. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
But God kept you in the right lane. You you got there. What happened next? So I pull in my in our driveway, uh, and I walk inside, and and my wife was uh, waiting for me in our living room. Uh, it was around lunchtime, and uh, so she's sitting in a chair, uh, and I walk around her and I sit on the carpet, so she's more elevated than I am, and uh, and I uh, I sit down on the carpet and I look up at her and I said, Erica. Um, Something really bad has happened. Um, I had sex with a woman who's not you. As you guys can imagine, in that moment, I literally saw her heartbreak in front of me. Um, I still remember as if it was yesterday, her her tears and her face, just overwhelmed with emotion, just red and and crying. And uh, just a really, really horrible moment to go through. Um, But then without saying a word, she came over to where I was. She came down to my level, kind of knelt, knelt right next to me. And, uh, and gave me this big monster bear hug. Mm. I've never been hugged so hard in my entire life. <laughs> and she yelled in my left ear as, as loud as she possibly could yell. She said, God loves you. And I had never heard about God's love displayed that way. When I've done the worst thing that I could possibly ever do to the woman that I love the most in my life. And I adored my wife. She was amazing. Even in that moment, God still loves me. And here you have a little Christian a Catholic from Latin America finding for the first time at 27 years old that he is absolutely truly loved regardless of the good or the bad that I do. It was mind blowing. I'm I'm That's amazed so at at uh Erica too, of course. I mean just her, her the level of of faith and to be able to love you when she probably wanted to maybe really hit you in the flesh, but instead she was trying to, she was hugging you, squeezing the life out of you a little bit, <laughs> but yet she knew that God still loves you, even though she's so angry and upset and hurt. She was able to speak that or and yell it <laughs> in your ear. Um, yeah. But I just think of in the flesh how she might have wanted to do something else, but allowing God to to move through her in that way. How that took you on a different place within your faith and your journey. I mean, that's, that's pretty powerful. And again, how many times do we have an opportunity to do what Erica did? And Mm -hmm. we, we let it slip through our fingers and we shouldn't because every one of us need to have that constant reassurance and reminder that no matter what you've done, no matter who you think you are, God loves you. Like the thief on the cross next to Jesus. I mean, I think of that right there, you know? So that, that must have really broke you in a really good way to to sit in your shame and your guilt and your sorrow and your hurt and have your the woman that you know you love so much tell you that God loves you what where did things go from there yeah the next uh, three days the best way to describe them is uh, just like Jesus was dead those three days um, I, I I experienced death in my soul um, there was nothing inside of me and and we used those three days to um, to really be extremely vulnerable with each other. Like, as you can imagine, going through that, it breaks down any barriers or walls that normally marriages build over time. So it was a a big transparent moment. Uh, So we shared everything. I shared all about my past and all the other things that I've done. Uh, She shared about her stuff because she wasn't perfect either. You know, she was sinful as well. After all of that, um, those three days of of complete vulnerability, I started hearing this voice in my head, a very loud voice, uh, an evil voice that said, um, Lautaro, the more you talk to your wife, the more you separate and the more you hurt her. What the heck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Just end your life right now. Just stop it. Like you've already cheated on her. What, what are you doing? 
I, I kept getting louder and louder and louder. Um, and that day, uh, I was uh, decided to kill myself. Um, I and as I was thinking about it, um, you know, I was trying to kind of think of more of the tactical things, like where do I get the gun? Where do I do oh. it? Um, for some reason, I voiced what I was planning on doing to Erica, uh, and she immediately took me and put me in the car. <laughs> no questions asked. Put me in the car and drove me to our church, uh, and She's we met amazing. there with our pastor. Yeah, she was an incredible woman. Um, we met with a pastor uh, that had just come into our life a month ago. Don't miss God's provision, at, even when we don't think that he's putting people on the rise. Literally, this man came into our life a month before this whole thing happened. Right, and we met with him in our prayer room at our church in Houston. And uh, I don't know how many hours we were there, um, but what Robert, that was his name, what he did was he, for the first time ever, somebody actually shared the gospel mm. of Jesus mm. Christ with me. Like what is exact? What exactly is this good news that whether you grew up in the church or not, uh, that we keep hearing about what happened at the cross? What did? What was that transaction that actually happened? Um, so for the first time, I'm hearing about the gospel uh, explained perfectly. Um, and that day, uh, June 3rd of 2016, I uh, I prayed to invite Jesus into my heart. Um, it was the best decision that I've ever made in my entire life. Um, that day I was born again. The Bible says that I am a new creation, that the old has gone and the new is here, uh, that everything bad, good, or ugly that I've done in my life has been nailed to the cross. Amen. And everything that I do that is bad or every future thing that I do that is bad is also nailed to the cross. Um, and, uh, and I tell you what, I've been walking with Jesus for uh, six years tomorrow. Um, and it is the joy of my life to be able to walk in freedom, uh, in forgiveness, in purpose, um, and to truly know that uh, that He loves me so much that He wants me to experience this freedom. Yes. Right? He didn't create me to suffer through life, mm. but He wants me to experience this deep-seated joy that comes only from knowing Him. That's so good, that Lataro. Because <laughs> that's the gospel. That is the good news, right there. Yeah, it is. And so many people, um, maybe listening today, Lataro, have been in your shoes on one side or the other, whether it's you or, or Eric or whatever. And it, that forgiveness piece is something they wrestle with. Like, how do I get over this? Or, or maybe they've been in such a place where they just want to take their life, and, and, and yet. <clears throat> Jesus died on the cross so that we don't have to hang on to any of that stuff. And so your life um, to this almost 33 years has been a beautiful example of, of how Jesus forgives and he takes it all away and, um, and he redeems and he restores on some level. And it doesn't always look uh, the same rest restoration as we might think, but, but he does. And so as you're, as you're moving through um, getting this, this counsel and receiving Christ for the first time and really hearing the gospel, what did you, what did you feel at that moment? I mean, born again, like, let, you know, let's talk about the, the old is gone, the new is here. What was that? Did you just feel like a little kid, like a little child? You wanted to shout it from the rooftop? What was the deal? So two things change immediately, which is super cool because I can actually have a tangible example of my conversion. One thing is I used to be an extremely angry person, mm. mad because of all that junk that I had kept in my heart for so many years yeah. and the, the, the bitterness and just the anger that that accumulated over time. It just made me an angry person. Since that day, June 3rd of 2016, I have never been mad ever again. That's awesome. I only see you with a smile. Every time yeah, we see you at church good, or wherever, smiling. <laughs> that's good. 
and it, it doesn't mean that I have been upset at situations sure. or situations that upset me in, in life, right? Life is tough, but there's just this super deep joy in my heart yeah. that cannot be overtaken by all the bad things that happen around me. So that's one thing that changed immediately. I don't remember what feeling mad feels like anymore, which so cool. <laughs> is fascinating. That's good, man. And then the second thing is, um, I remember uh, when I came back that day, uh, sitting in my living uh, in our uh, breakfast table and opening this book uh, for the first time in my life. And I was reading through the Gospel of Matthew and specifically walking through the Sermon of the Mount. Um, and as I was reading through this, I had that experience that I'm sure you guys have heard in the past of literally the words jumping out of the page. Mm what on earth is happening right now? Like all the questions, all the answers yeah. that I had looked for in my entire life, they were right, right there. there, right there, literally one book away from me. And I remember looking at to my left, Erica was in the, in the living room and I'm, I'm like, are you serious? This stuff has been here my entire <laughs> life and I didn't know. <laughs> you know here's, don't you think the difference is to that um, you, you, could, to you could have picked up that book and you could have read it and it could have been as dry as dust because you you had not yet experienced the Spirit of God in you. Amen. So the, the reason it is the living Word is because the Spirit in you is able to understand the words that God has put on pages, right? Amen. And I think that's one of the reasons why you've got such passion uh, to help others really understand uh the good news and then i've i've watched you and how um how committed you are to helping others learn the bible and understand what's really in there and of course you in your own life you've become a real you know a real student of the word and i that's one of the reasons why some of these changes occur but also and we're going to get into this in just a moment why you have made this decision recently to go where you're going yeah if yeah, you hadn't I, been reading the Bible, I don't think you'd have made that decision. <laughs> I can tell you for sure, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because I would still have that my my mental, my worldly mindset of how to approach yeah. this yeah. life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, one thing well, I just want to—I'm oh, sorry. I, I, I want to find out from Lataro because sometimes people think like, "Man, that's a great story." So then the rest of life must just been gone great. I yeah, mean, right. Following that whole thing, and you're just jumping from mountaintop to mountaintop, right? Marriage worked out. Uh, everything went good. Yeah, uh, yeah, great point. Uh, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> Oftentimes, life, I mean, Jesus said it, uh, in this life, we will have trials. Um, and that's something to be clear with, with people that maybe are not following Jesus and are considering maybe to start following him is it doesn't mean that it's all roses and bunnies and rainbows, you know. Uh, actually, it's not. Um, there's, there's so much joy that will come from that, but there's also a lot of trials and tribulations. Um, and in my experience, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, um, the, uh, the marriage was unable to survive that, uh, the, uh, affair. Um, so for a period of two years post my conversion, as I am starting to try to build my faith and kind of build that foundation for the first time ever, I'm also having to deal with my wife, uh, divorcing me. Um, and I can tell you that it was one of the hardest things that I've ever gone through. I remember when Todd and I left to Nepal, uh, four years ago in 2018, uh, three days before I left, I received the the papers. So it it, it definitely there's def there was definitely a lot of trials and a lot of things that looking back on it now I can talk about it and I can um, understand God's timing and all of that. But it wasn't easy. No, <laughs> it was, no. it, but it also forced me. Even though I was going through those really bad things that I wouldn't wish on anybody, um, it it forced me to rely more on this newfound faith that I had found because literally everything around me was crumbling. You mentioned in uh, some notes that you sent to us that you really have met the real 
Jesus. And so, um, you know, I, I think sometimes, yeah, it takes us going through something painful to meet the yeah. real Jesus. Yeah. And he changes everything. He does. Uh, even gives you the opportunity to look at your trials as opportunities to, to bring some good from them. And nobody wants to go through a painful divorce like like you did. Uh, but there are always ways in which God can provide opportunities to learn something and to grow deeper. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, you you became even more dependent upon your faith in Jesus, going through the most one of the most painful, difficult times of your life. So none of that has been wasted. No. In fact, no. now God has used it to like really sharpen you and strengthen. Yeah, you. and I do want to say too, um, it says a lot about your character for for wanting to share that with Erica um, mm-hmm. and not keep it a secret. I mean, I know that was one of the hardest things ever to do, but yet you you knew that you couldn't carry on that shame as well, and you needed to get it out there. And um, and I know, um, you know, she's in a deep place spiritually and, and, and she's forgiven you. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that the marriage worked, but, um, you guys have both had an opportunity to go deeper, uh, with, yes. with, uh, your relationship with Christ. So with that said, so the, the marriage has dissolved. And so you're in Minnesota. Um, and, and so you're, you're, you know, fast track a little bit where you're going to church or you're doing some Nepal hikes. You're wanting to, you're just being evangelist. You're sharing the love of Christ to everyone. You're just on fire. And so let's talk about what you were doing. I mean, you had a full-time career, mm-hmm. like a well-paid career and Absolutely. you decided to set it uh, aside and do something else. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I've been uh, in the business world for 11 years, very successful project managers, making six figures, uh, just enjoying a very comfortable life. Yeah. <laughs> and over the last probably three or four years, I just, I felt this, uh, this seed beginning to grow uh, with, I'm not living my life to the full extent. Mm. Like I've been created for so much more than this. Um, and uh there's, there's a verse uh, in the Bible that I love. This is out of the NLT, the new Lautaro translation. <laughs> it, it, says, it's, it says, don't be an idiot. <laughs> don't, don't put your treasures on earth where vermin and moth destroy and thieves come in and steal. No, put them in heaven where vermin and moth don't destroy and thieves don't come in and steal. Because where your treasures are, there your heart will be also. And just like that, there's there's other verses that have helped me. This has been a journey. It's definitely not been like, a, you know, I woke up one day. I'm like, okay, I'm quitting life. No, it's been a multi-year. Um, and really, it all started with prayer. The number one prayer that I've been praying for years is, Jesus, here I am. I don't know how many hours I have left in this earth. Yeah. The Bible says that I'm passing through, right? That I'm just a mist that's here today. I'm, I'm like a flower that's here today, gone tomorrow. Just a mist that disappears with the breeze. I could, I, I could be gone two hours from now after we hang out, right? So how do I live my life so that when I get to heaven, whether it's in two hours or in 50 years, that I can hear my daddy tell me, well done, good and faithful servant. And so it's been a journey, but long story short, uh, four months ago, I called my boss and I said, I got to go. <laughs> Was he shocked? <laughs> she, 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 uh, yeah, uh, she was out of everybody that, uh, that experienced me quitting quitting the world as I talk about it. She's actually one of my favorite um, experiences because um, she literally, I gave her a month notice uh, notice uh, for when I quit. She literally cried the whole month. Oh. <laughs> and it was beautiful. It was just gorgeous. Um, I think 
and 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 this happens normally right like when somebody believes in something very strongly like the way i believe jesus and i love to follow him because the way i live my life it impacts other people whether they have a faith or not they see something different in real followers of jesus um and how, how what a what an incredible evangelism way even though you're not saying a word you're just playing with your actions what so faith you're really so how having. cool is that lataro actually because there's a lot of people that are doing day in day out jobs that maybe they don't even love to do but they can carry the love of christ in that um particular workspace and impact others by not even saying a word, just acting it out just like you did. And so um, I think that's a great reminder. Sometimes you just need to bloom where you're planted. Not everyone's going to be called to uh, quit their job, but um, yes. So I, uh, so four months ago, I started with this organization called Steiger, uh, yes. which uh, if you're in the US, you probably haven't heard much about it because we're very new here. We've been around for 40 years, mostly in Europe and Latin America, but we're starting uh, about three years ago, we kind of started a push to become to grow our ministry here. Um, and the one thing that you need to remember about, or know about Steiger is that we mobilize followers of Jesus, just like me, just like you guys, uh, to reach young people, people in their 20s and 30s that would never walk into a church. Mm. So if you're anything like me, you're probably like, you are constantly thinking about who are my non-believing friends that would uh, come to church with me on Sunday. And you, you know, your neighbors, your coworkers, like, hey, you wanna come to church with me? And that is good and fine and it works. Uh, but there is an increasingly larger number of young adults, people in their 20s and 30s, that they are so dissatisfied with the church, whether they had an experience of it or not, that they would never. Especially in this day and time. I mean, so, there's such a need for that age range to absolutely. be reached. Yeah. I mean, how many of us, you don't even have to tell me, but how many of us have um, people in our lives that are in that age group that are not walking with Jesus, Yeah. that, that are lost, right? And Jesus said, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? Nobody comes to the Father except through me, right? right? And that's, that's the heart of Steiger is that we want to be the bridge between the church and lost young people that are not walking with them mm -hmm. that would never accept that invitation to walk into it. And, and how does Steiger go about that? There, so we have a bunch of different ways of doing that, but the number one way that we do it is through creative evangelism. Uh, okay. so, so our ministry is a very creative driven, uh, uh, ministry. We, we, uh, we have a bunch of missionaries that are very creative musically with dances or with big shows. Uh, so we create different, uh, what we call creative evangelism tools where we literally like, for example, one of them is called the dead body experience. Uh, so we literally set up a dead body, like downtown Minneapolis. We actually, well, not a real, oh, wait, not a real dead, dead body, body, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just a human being covered with a blanket. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Um, but we literally did this last weekend in, uh, in the sculpture garden in, uh, in, in downtown Minneapolis. Um, and we literally set up a, a blanket and then we put people around that, that volunteers with masks that are holding signs. And some of the signs say uh, challenging questions like, is, is there truth? Um, is there life after death? Is there purpose to my life? Mm. And then when people see this, right, it's, it kind of shocks you a little bit. So it draws the crowds in and we ask them to go walk around and ask or read the questions and then come talk to us. So in a very, very quick and easy way, you get to a very quick, uh, deep uh, conversations with random strangers from the streets. And of course, we set up these props um, in areas where we know that the, what we call the global youth culture, the target for Steiger, uh, wherever they hang out, right? Because it's all about us reaching them and pursuing the lost sheep. So we go where they, where they are at, we speak their language, and we, in very, very quick ways, we get to share the love of Jesus with them right there. 
Wow. I mean, that is creative and um, a way to do it. And, and, it, and it's a visual um, way mm-hmm. of, of teaching as well. It's a step up from, uh, and I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Tracks? those who, no, well, oh. those who carry signs, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're going to hell, repent. I mean, th- those can have a certain impact, but this is a more of a contemporary, like here and now um, relevant way in which to engage people in conversation. Because if you read those questions on those signs, if you're not interested, you walk away. If you're, if you're being bugged by them, you're going to want to engage in a conversation. So I think I mean, that's absolutely brilliant. Kind of reminds me of like a, is it Ray Comfort? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Kind of does yeah. the tactic. Um, so, I mean, what's, what's the response like? Like with that just recently, what was the response like? Like, I'm just curious. So uh, most of the time it leads to really good conversations with people um, where people are vulnerable with us and we are vulnerable with them. And um, if, it, if the conversation leads to a gospel sharing conversation, of course we do that. Sure. Uh, what we experience is if that doesn't happen, because we have local city teams in each of the major cities that we want to grow in, um, if, if that person is not ready to give their life to Jesus right then and there, we exchange phone numbers. And because we have a local team and volunteers that from the churches that we partner with in the general area, that person can be followed up with and can be discipled long-term and can be invited to coffees or Bible studies or whatever we, we can do to engage with them, right? And over time, that discipleship relationship hopefully leads to somebody following Jesus and then getting plugged into the church. This last Saturday, uh, when we did this, um, it's it super interesting. I wasn't there because I my ankle is uh, broken, but so I couldn't be there, but I heard the stories. Um, and uh, I, it was actually very interesting. One, for the first time since I joined Steiger, um, there were a couple, uh, I think they were uh, late, 20, late 20s or early 30s, who had been so hurt by the church mm. that as soon as they caught a sniff that this was a, uh, a Jesus something, a Christian something, they didn't react very well at all. Mm. And it got very verbally uh, hot. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, so nothing, nothing major happened. It was diffused and we, you know, the, the team managed to handle that perfectly. But this is part of what we do at Steiger is um, we know that the people that we're talking to are either um, neutral towards Christianity or apathetic or outright hostile, mm. right? And so instead of running away from those situations, we actually want to engage with them in a That's loving good. and kind way so that they can experience some somebody that calls himself a Christian that reacts differently than mm. what they've been yes. through before. Yes. So they experience the love of Jesus in a different way. So even though those situations are not super comfortable, and by the way, they don't happen super often, but they do happen sure. like this Saturday, um, we, we're ready and prepared for to manage those situations as needed. Latar, cool. what would you say to someone who is just feeling a little bit of an itch inside, and they're not how to? They, they don't know how to quite scratch it. God, is this is this you starting to stir me up and lead me into an area of ministry? Because there are there are some whom God has called, and He's waiting on them. So I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. If you're listening right now, but you may little, not have to quit your job. Well, to you, do m- it, but you, but may. you might. <laughs> so, so what would you what would you say to that person who feels like there's there's, there must be more. That was the thing that motivated Lotaro. There must be more than just what I'm doing, you know, on my job and in career path and all that. And again, it's, it's not for everybody, but what if somebody is itching a little bit? What, do, what would you say to them? How do they nurture that? Where, how do they follow through with that? First thing I would say is that itch is happening for a reason, right? God is not a God of um, chaos or uncertainty. He loves when his children come to him and say, I, here I am, use me, right? So acknowledge it. It all starts with prayer. 
Yes. Pray, God, is this you? Right? Are you calling me into something greater? We know that when, when uh, Jesus talked, I think it was in John 15 or 16, when the, you know, the vine on the branches, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you go about scratching that itch in a way that is not his will, it will eventually lead to nothing, nothing of, of, of eternal value. Um, so make sure that as you're praying through that, that you're listening to his will for your life and, and be open to whatever that might look. For example, before I joined Steiger, I was actually scratching that itch by applying to Mercy Ships, which is a, mini, a super cool ministry out sure. in Africa. Uh, I was going to go there and then COVID hit and that all died. Um, so sometimes, you know, this scratching of the itch looks a little different and, uh -huh. and it's, it's important to like stay, stay, listen to his will and not our own plans. Um, but to specifically answer your question, what I would guide that person to reading is uh, a scripture that has been the turning point for me as I've considered quitting the world, as I talk about it. And it's out of Mark 8, uh, starting in verse 34. It's very short. Jesus said, and so he's speaking to his disciples. Uh, so people that already are following him, that love him, and that want to do something more with their lives. Exactly what you're saying. He says, this is Jesus speaking. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Ouch. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? And I've been gra grappling with this one, right? Because I want to make my life count. Oftentimes, what that, what that means as a true follower of Jesus is laying down my own expectations, my own desires, my own comfort, however big I want my, my bank account to be or the trips that I want to go. Um, it's laying down my entire life so that then he can give me his dreams and that's that's a prayer that prayer that i often pray is god don't like kill my dreams <laughs> i don't want my dreams because my need my dreams are small and humanly and worldly and often lead to pain and suffering <laughs> give me your dreams mm -hmm. give me your heart give me the vision that only you can give for my life and that because our god is good he's a good father to us of course he's gonna honor that he loves to do that <laughs> So I love good. that. It that, brings tears to my eyes, yeah, right? That's, 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 because ooh, we want God's I got dreams, on that one. not ours. Exactly. And yeah. so I, we've, we've just been challenged and we've just been charged yeah. with a couple of things. And that is make your life count. Yeah. And if it's not, talk to God about it. And every day, no matter what your situation is, we can grow bigger on the inside and more passionate for God if we'll ask Him to kill our dreams and instead give birth to His dreams inside of us. And then there's not a single one of us who every day, every moment can't say to Jesus, here I am, Lord, just use me. I'm available to you. And you're a, really a truly great example of that, my yes, brother. Yes, you I, are. I know not everything goes perfect for you, but you have a heart for wanting to honor God. And it's contagious. And will. It is. And I know that you're, speaking of bank accounts, it's not growing too fat uh, in the current <laughs> area. That you're, well, it's, it's kind of interesting. Some people don't realize when you join certain ministries, you literally you raise, raise your, your own, own support. support. Yes, and yes. And you're, you're put on a, on a budget that just basically is one that you know gets you through. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like, oh, part of that budget is saving for the new boat I want. That's not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> nope, nope. It's like day to day, just food on the yeah. table. And yeah. so, so we, admire um, you. If we admire you big time and we love supporting you. And if someone is listening and, and you know, you're hearing a little, uh, you know, 
tickle. I want to get on this wanna, guy's team. Yeah, right. Yeah. You want to scratch that itch, which is uh, mm-hmm. I want to support this guy. Um, go to steiger.org slash L-A-U-T-A-R-O, and we'll put that in the show notes. But uh, just any any amount I know would be a blessing. So we appreciate you, Lotaro. We oh, appreciate all that you're doing. You're a beautiful soul, and thanks for being a great example of God's grace and his love. Thank yeah. you guys for having yeah. me so much. Thanks it's so been much. A, it's been so fun talking with you guys today. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on Your Biggest Breakthrough. And those of you that are listening, we appreciate you as always. And we'll catch you uh, same time, same place next week. So glad you could join us today. And you'll find a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you've been encouraged by listening or viewing, would you just take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a quick review? That'd be so awesome. Yeah, and also please share this with your friends and loved ones. If you have comments or questions, or if you're looking for an advertising opportunity, please get in touch with us at yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. Or if you'd like to optimize your health and wellness, you can work directly with Wendy. Go to wendypat.com. Or if you're a guy and you're interested in mentoring and coaching, go to toddisburner.com. We look forward to having you join us on our next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough.